السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسائدر الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد One of the greatest blessings in our deen is that when we learn, practice, read, and implement the teachings of our religion, in your life you will find peace, you will find contentment, and you will become a person of gratitude. One of the greatest blessings of studying, reading, understanding and then of course implementing our beautiful deen and the teachings that in your life when i say life now this impacts we're not talking about one area this talk about your life 24 hours in your life you will find peace you will find contentment and you will become a person of gratitude and you know where this comes from this comes first from understanding who we are understanding yourself understanding who are you who am i do you know yourself? This is why some of the pious people of the past used to have a maqula, a saying, Man arafa nafsahu, faqad arafa rabbahu. Whoever knows themselves will know Allah. Meaning, if you understand you, you will begin to realize and recognize who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in light of you understanding yourself. So, by understanding who we are, we better recognize who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. What do I mean by this? This is what I mean. You are special because of what Allah gave you. You are not special because of the risk that you have. Your house, your family, your kids, your wealth, your job, your health. Everything going right for you. You are not special because of the risk that Allah gave you. You're not special because of the blessings that you have. Having blessings doesn't make you special. Simple. Having blessings doesn't make you special. What makes you special is when you realize that the actual blessing is to realize that you are blessed. The real blessing is to realize that I am blessed. This is a blessing. This is a blessing, recognizing that this is a blessing. And let's take it a step further. Realizing that something in your life, that your house, your car, your job, your kids, your family, your health, and everything that's around you, taking a step further, realizing it's a blessing, that's actually, that's not even the deepest blessing. A deeper blessing than that, and a deeper realization than that is, is by realizing that whatever you have, it leads you not to focus on the blessing, but to focus on the blesser. Not to focus on the blessing, but to focus on who? The blesser, the one who gave it to you. 
I'm going to begin today by sharing a story with you to understand this better. And the scholars of hadith normally relate this story by the story of Abu Talha. But in actual fact, there's a lady who presents herself in this story, who I would call is the star of this story, is a celebrity of this story, and is who delivers the meaning of this story. And this is a man by the name of Abu Talha and his wife of Umm Sulaim. Abu Talha and Umm Sulaim, they had a son who was known as Abu Umair. Let's just call him Umair because we're, we're used to that. And he had been unwell. He had a cough. He was unwell. He was sick. A young child, unwell. Abu Talha, Abu Talha, he had to leave for work. So he's gone. Abu Talha, the dad, the husband has gone out of town. He's traveling. He's gone out of town. He's gone for work. Late in the evening, Abu Talha returns home. And when he comes back home, and if you have a sick person or a sick child in the house, this is the first thing you're going to ask about. This is the first thing that's on your mind. So he comes home and he asks his wife, how is our son Umair? How is our son Umair? And she points in the corner of the room. She says, look, there he is. He's having a good rest. He's never been better than today. The way he is today, he's never been in a better condition. He's better than he's ever been before. He's well rested. So he's happy, alhamdulillah. And then she prepares the meal. She prepares the meal for her husband, Abu Talha. And again, you do what works for you. You do you. This is important. You do you. Don't look at somebody else. What's happening in that family? Oh, he does this. She does. No, no, no. Do what works for you. When you and your missus come together, talk about it. Have a healthy conversation. How should our family work? Who's going to be doing this? Who's going to be doing this? Okay, it's teamwork. Rather than having expectations. In this family, it worked where the man worked and she was doing the house. And that's their agreement that they had. We're living in a society where things have changed from what they were before. So there's no one way or another way. There's your way, which is the one you decide together as a team between yourselves. And if we don't work as a team, then it's not going to work at all. So in their family dynamics, this is how it worked. So she prepared the meal and he sits down. She sits with him. He eats comfortably. And then it's time to rest. So they go to the bedroom. And whilst they're sleeping, she even engages with him in intimacy during the night. He has a good rest. And then in the morning, he, after getting dressed, after showering, he goes for Salatul Fajr. And when he comes back from Salatul Fajr, Um Sulaim sits him down and says, my husband Abu Talha, I want to ask you a question. If our neighbor, if our neighbor borrows us something, gives us something on a loan, and then after some time, the neighbor says, can I have it back please? Have they done anything wrong by asking back for it? Husband says, no, of course not. It's theirs. It's their amana. They entrusted us with it. They loaned it to us for a week, for two weeks. When they ask back for it, of course we have to give it back. They're not doing anything wrong. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. 
So Umm Sulaim says, Allah gave us our son Umair as a loan. Allah entrusted us with our son Umair. And last night before you came, Allah decided to take him back. Allah decided to take him back. Look at the resilience of this woman. Was she hurt? Was she hurt? Of course she was. She was a mother. Don't try and snatch that away from her. Oh, they were different. No, she's a mother. Of course she's hurt. She's the mother of this child. Islam allows you to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel grief. You're allowed to be sad. But what you do next matters. And this woman learned to regulate herself and keep herself in check. So she was hurt. She was hurt. But when she understood the perspective that the deen gives us, is that whatever you have in this life is not yours. It's alone. And this is what she said to him, that Allah let us have this son for some time. And now Allah has chosen to take him back. Now the man, of course, Abu Talha wasn't prepared for this. He was flustered. Like, why didn't you tell me earlier? I've been eating, I've been sleeping, just resting peacefully and thinking, what's going on? And you didn't tell me anything. And now what happens is remember one of the greatest, one of the greatest, one of the greatest tricks of shaitan is to make us think that we own our blessings. Abu Talha goes to the Prophet wasallam and says, Ya Rasulullah, this is what happened in my house. And she didn't even tell me. She didn't even tell me. And when I asked her, she said he's in a better place, way better than he was before. He's doing much better. And what some of you guys are doing now, this is what the Prophet ﷺ did. He smiled and he gave a dua. And says, may Allah give you both barakah in, the, in last night. You slept together. May Allah give you barakah in what happened last night. So one of shaitan's biggest tricks and one of the ways he deceives us is to make us think that we own our blessings. The things that you have in your life, your house, your car, your children, or shall we even say yours, let's use my, my money, my job, my house, my career, my family, okay? My wife, my husband, my this, my... One of the greatest tricks of shaitan is to make you believe that you own your blessings. And we have been told that these things, whatever you have, is entrusted to you for a short time. And some of you are thinking, well, I know this already. We know this, right? Am I saying something new? We already know this, right? But do we truly believe it? We know it. Do we truly believe it? That everything I have, everything I have, is not actually mine. I'm loaning it. Allah has let me borrow it. He's made me a caregiver of these things in my life. So the greatest blessing is realizing that nothing is mine. The greatest blessing is realizing is nothing is mine to have or to keep forever. Rather, whatever I have, Allah has loaned it to me for a short period of time. And this is what the hadith says as well, that the world is very green. And Allah is placing you in this world as a caretaker. You are in this world a caretaker. Whatever comes your way, 
you're a caretaker for a short period of time, Allah has put it in your trust. Take care of it. And, you know, I can relate to this. I'm sure you guys can relate to it. My kids are always fighting, especially when we're in the car. In the back of the car, you're kind of helpless when you're driving. You've got your seatbelt on and you can't really do much. And the kids are fighting. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. It's mine. No, it's mine. Haven't you heard this? Right? At home sometimes when they're saying, it's mine, it's mine, I go over to them sometimes and say, it's neither of yours. It's all mine. The hadith says, you and everything you possess is, belongs to your father. We say this. I say this. You say this. But again, it's delusional, isn't it? If I was to really believe, we say this in our language, but it's mine. But is it really yours? Is anything ours? And we say this, oh, I got a new car. My son became a Hafid. I got married. I got a promotion at work. I got my salary. I got this. I got that. I've just been here. I've just done this. I've just achieved this. We say this. But the thing is that the reality is you have nothing except what Allah loaned to you. And this is a reality when we can come to this reality. And you know where the beauty of this will come? At the moment, it just seems like words. Okay, fine. It's not mine. You know what the beauty where the beauty will appear? The beauty of it is when it leaves you. And it will. It will. And it will. Whatever you have is going to leave you. It will leave you. Everything will leave you. And that is where the beauty of this will shine. When we come to this realization that it wasn't mine to begin with. It was just alone. And some of you are thinking two weeks in a row. What a morbid speech again. Two weeks in a row. This guy's a killjoy. Just making things all down and depressed. And in reality, shall I tell you something? This is a very uplifting understanding. If you understand it in this light, it's, it's not a killjoy. This is a morbid. This is very uplifting. Why? Because when you know, remember back in the days, blockbuster movies, right? You had three days to give it back. So what would happen? Would you think, oh, I'll watch it next week. What would happen? You, you don't have a choice. You've got three days. And now for those of you now Amazon people, right? You've got something on rental. It's not on your subscription. You paid £3.49 for it and you've got 48 hours to watch. What happens now? You have to watch it in those 48 hours. When you understand this concept, it's not morbid and it's not a killjoy. Rather, it's very uplifting. Why? Because now whoever you see and whatever blessing you will interact with, you will not take it for granted. You will see it as granted. You will not take life and the people in your life and the things in your life and the blessings that Allah has placed there and entrusted you with. You will not take them for granted. You will take them as granted. You will appreciate and make the most of every moment knowing that this is not going to last forever. And if we live like this, when the time comes when it goes and it will go, remember this, it will go. It's a delusion. Shaitan tells you it's always going to be hunky-dory. Everything's always going to be okay. Quran says, we're going to speak about that. 
It's not always going to be like that. Things will change. This is the dunya. This is the world. But if we can prepare ourselves whilst being in the world, then the beauty of this will shine is when it will leave. And you'll be able to do what Umm Sulaim did. Did you see what Umm Sulaim did? What did Umm Sulaim do? She was hurt. And the Prophet has told us, The eye will cry. The heart will grieve. But with our tongue, we will not say anything that displeases Allah. Regulation, emotional regulation. Umm Sulaim had this. She had a son die in the house, but she was able to understand and connect with herself and connect with Allah. And understand that the son that we had wasn't ours, was entrusted to us by Allah. We're very sad upon the separation, but we're not going to blame Allah for this. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes, and Allah's taking is also giving as well. Allah's taking is also giving as well. When Allah takes from you, He's also giving there as well. Just look at this story in itself. Do you know this union that they had? Abu Talha and Umm Sulaim, when they slept the night together and the Prophet said, May Allah give you barakah in your night. From there they had a child called Abdullah. Abdullah then went to have nine sons. All of them were ulama of the Quran. And whenever he would walk with him, the nine sons would be there. Everywhere he went, his nine sons, he'd be going. What a blessing. And not just sons. They were all hafid of the Quran, qari of the Quran, amil of the Quran, ulama of the Quran. Everywhere they went. And this was the effort of that one woman who achieved the realization what they were trying to speak about. That whatever you have in this life, the greatest blessing is to focus on the blesser, not on the blessing. That what I have, I'm loaning it from who? The blesser, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, another story of the Quran to understand this better. Just now we heard beautiful recitation from Shaykh Ammar of Surah Al-Kahf. And many of you have, will have recited Surah Al-Kahf already. And others will be reading inshallah before the day ends. May Allah give us a tawfiq. In Surah Al-Kahf, there is a beautiful story. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the story of two people, two friends. And, وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الرَّجُلَيْنِ Allah says, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell the people the story of the two men. And one of them, Allah gave him two gardens. Jannatayn. He had two gardens. The first man didn't really have much yet. But the other one, he had two gardens. And these were huge. He was blessed. And what we learn from this story, the message which I want you to understand and derive from this is delusion of ownership. This delusion of ownership that we have, which shaitan has whispered into our ears, that it's mine. This delusion of own. This is what Allah speaks about in this story. This is what you'll be learning now. Delusion. How to overcome the delusion of ownership. So Allah says that there were these two friends. And tilka al-jannatayn atat ukulaha. And Allah says, وَكَانَ لَهُ ثَمَرٌ So the guy who's got these two gardens, he was getting really good returns on his investments. 
and his gardens, they had all types of crops and fruits and vegetation and everything you can think about. He was doing really, really well, extremely profitable. Things were going very well in his life. And when we hear these stories, these are not just stories. This is for you to apply in your life. If things are going okay for you, this is you. This is you. And then what happens is as things were going very well, he goes to his other friend, his brother, his friend, his companion. Do you know me? The way I do things. Look, we started off together. Look where I am today. Look where you are. I've managed to reach up to here. Like, what are you playing at? How come you're still down there? Why? Why? What, what's happened to your investment? And look at the contacts I have, the influence I have. You're still like a Mr. Nobody. And this is how he was speaking to his friend. Sounds familiar? Sounds familiar? Sometimes we end up saying things like this to colleagues, to friends, to family members without even realizing. And this was why, do you know why? Because of the delusion of ownership. He was deluded thinking everything he has is mine. And that was the problem. And he thought that it's going to be mine forever. So what happens now is his friend, he noticed that the next time he went into work, into his God, the Quran says the next time he walked into his gardens and everyone has their own garden. Think in your life, what is your garden? For some of you, it's your car. For some of you, it's your house. For some of you, it's your family. For some of you, it's your health. For some of you, it's your portfolio. For some of you, it's whatever it is. Everyone has their own garden. Don't think the Quran is saying garden, so we just think about gardens. The next time you walk into your house, I want you to remember this. When you walk into your car, I want you to remember this. You walk to your family, I want you to remember this. When you go into any blessing, I want you to remember this. The Quran says when he entered into his garden, he was oppressing himself. What do you mean? How can you oppress yourself? The next ayah tells you he oppressed himself because of his incorrect thinking. His thought pattern was very bad. And that's how he was oppressive to himself. Quran says when he entered into his garden, he was oppressive over himself. How? What did he say? He said, In his head, no one says this loudly. No one says this aloud. But in his head, he was saying, this is never going to go away. Well, I, my life, the things I've got now, it's always going to be like this. this. This is my car. This is my house. My family. My portfolio. My balance. My job. My career. My influence. It's, it's never... When a young guy stands into them in the mirror, first thing in the morning, you look at yourself, you think, this is me now for, the, for eternity. And those people who are a little bit older will tell you, don't fool yourself. This is the delusion of shaitan, delusion of ownership. And the Quran shatters this and tries to tell us through these stories, 
garden. What was his delusion? What was his oppression and dhul? He thought to himself, That this garden and everything I've earned, it's never going to go away. This is how it's going to be forever. And I'm always going to have this. I'm always going to have this. Whereas you and I know in life, things come and things go. People come, people go. Health comes, health goes. Honor, respect comes and it also goes. And if we're not open to this, when it goes, then we'll start losing our mind as well. This is the life. This is the reality. So now, now, we realize that the only way to smile in things coming and going, things will come and go. How can we be people that will be smiling when things are coming and we're always smiling when things are going as well? And you might think, how can you smile when things are going? Like you smile when they come. Why would you smile when they go? You will realize when you realize that it was alone from Allah in the first place. You will know that when it comes, who's giving it to you? Allah. And when it goes, who took it? Allah. This is powerful. This is profound. This is deep. This will have a massive impact on your spiritual health and your psychological health as well, which are intertwined and linked together. They're both linked very, very closely. So now what happens is the man who saw him enter into his garden, who wasn't very well off at this stage, and he was making these comments and thinking to himself, this is never gonna end and you know even if it does end like he even said to himself that I don't even believe in life after death and even if I was to be returned if I if I end up going to Allah he's gonna give me so much over there as well much more than he's given me here he's gonna give me loads over there so his companion said to him that it seems the way you're behaving the way you're going about life it seems Have you forgotten your humble beginnings? Were you always this rich? Did you always have this house? Did you always have this car? Did you always have this beautiful family that you've got now? You didn't have it. You didn't have it a few years ago. Your career, your job, your influence, you didn't have all of this. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten how you got where you got to? That was quick. So he was telling him, how, how did you forget all of this? And then he said to him, what you should have done. When you entered your garden and you have your garden, everybody has their own garden. Whether it's your car, whether it's your house, whether it's your family, whether it's your job, it's your career. You've all built something up in this life which you are proud of and you feel you own and it's yours. In reality, it's not. It belongs to Allah. But whenever you enter your garden, Quran is telling us and the companion is advising his friend. You should have said, Masha Allah. Now there's a problem here. There's a problem. When you and I say, Masha Allah, when you and I say, Masha Allah, right? When do we say, Masha Allah? Yeah, we say Masha Allah, meaning Masha Allah. I've done really well. It's, to it's the total opposite of what it's meant to mean. 
We're using it regularly, but for the total wrong reason. We see something, it's nice, whether in your life or somewhere else. We say, MashaAllah. And in our minds, because we're not Arabic speaking people, and even Arabs probably do this, subconsciously not realizing, when we look at something nice and experience something good, we say, MashaAllah, that's so nice. What does Masha, do you know what MashaAllah means? What does it mean? Do you know what Masha Allah means? Has anyone ever thought about this? Masha Allah. Walaula idda khalta jannataka qulta Masha Allah. Masha Allah means whatever Allah wills. Not I've done really well. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's beautiful. No. Masha Allah. Whatever Allah wills, meaning if He wills to keep it with me, it stays. If He wills to take it away, Masha Allah. Whatever Allah wills. This is what MashaAllah means. وَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَنَّتَكَ Allah. Today I have it. MashaAllah, Allah willed for me to have it today. Tomorrow I might not have it. MashaAllah. You know, there's a story. Uh, Fajr time in a masjid, there was this elderly man coming to the masjid. Sadly, he got mugged on the street by some gorem. So this guy comes running into the masjid and he starts telling everyone, guess what's happened outside? This elderly chacha has just been mugged. And in the masjid, there was a new Muslim sitting, a convert. And he goes, Masha Allah. And everyone goes like, bro, what are you saying? What are you saying? He says, yeah, Masha. You know what? He understood what Masha Allah meant. He understood what ma Masha Allah means. Whatever Allah wills. You see something, understand the context of what you're saying. It's not just, oh, that's so nice. That's what we think. No, Masha Allah, whatever. Allah willed. It has to go back to the blesser, not the blessing. Our focus, we're attached to the blessing. So that when it goes away, our hearts are still cling to that. No, it's connection to when we're, when we're in the blessing, our hearts are connected to the blesser. When the blessing goes, our hearts still connected to the blesser. In his giving and his taking, we're connected with him. We are so messed up. We are so messed up. Do you know why? We only recognize Allah in His giving. And also, we forget Him when we have it. So when it's taken away, then we start saying, oh, He did it. But I gained it. So, in conclusion, He says to him, you should have said, MashaAllah, la quwwata illa billah. And then He says, who knows? Tomorrow there might be a storm and all your gardens might become destroyed. And I might have gardens and you might not have gardens. And guess what? The Quran tells us that is exactly what happened. The following day, a huge storm came. His whole garden was totally destroyed. And the guy who he was laughing at and looking down on, Allah blessed him and he had the gardens. So this is the reality of life. And if we can start understanding this psychologically and spiritually, it will be very uplifting. I end by mentioning that when the Prophet Wasallam's grandchild was passing away, his daughter said to someone, go and call my father. My son's passing away. There's a grandchild of the Prophet Wasallam. So the Prophet Wasallam saw the messenger and he said, right, by the time I get there, it's going to be a little bit late. If you go ahead of me, send a message to my daughter and tell her this, Inna lillahi ma Tell her this message. To Allah belongs what He takes, and to Allah belongs what He gives. He's the one who gives, 
He is the one. This is why. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Very powerful. If we we just say Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi. What does it mean? Inna lillah. Whatever I have or had, not just people, everything belongs to Allah. Wa inna ilayhi rajiun. And Allah is going to take it back. When you can live your life with this mentality, and this is a a Muslim's way of living. That doesn't mean you won't be hurt upon the separate. You will be hurt. You're a human being. You'll be hurt. You will grieve. You will feel the pain. But you'll be able to keep yourself in check, in control, unregulated. I end by mentioning that the lesson I want everybody to walk out from here with is this. One lesson. When you go out from here, every blessing of yours that you interact with from today onwards, Tell yourself, this is all from Allah. Whenever you see anything or anyone in your life, you're going to get back into your car now. As you're getting into your car, this is from Allah. You step into your house, this is from your Allah. Allah. This, when you see your kids, this is from some of you going back to work, this is from Allah. And that will lead you to then become grateful. Because you know, Shaytan, when he got thrown out of Jannah, one of the last things he said to Allah, he said, you will find most of the people, you'll find them to be ungrateful. Let's prove shaitan wrong today. Who's going to prove him wrong inshallah? Let's associate our blessings with Allah. And because we know that our blessings are not here forever, make the most of them. Don't take them for granted. Take them as granted.